But we gon' do when everything is dark face down Where you gon' go when the world don't spark up town Where we gon' take where we embark on a new beginning What you gon' tell the mighty father when you get to heaven What we gon' say about the hate meant for a friend What we gon' do when it all come to an end What we gon' do when it all come to Hello an end. everyone, welcome to today's episode of the FFGI Scoop I'm your host, Cuckoo Quagren Today I have two incredible ladies joining us from March of Dimes Canada and they have some incredible work that they've been doing during this global pandemic and we're going to be talking to them in a bit. Welcome back. Joining me today, I have Kalia Watkiss and Melanie Ariganello from the March of Dimes Canada. And ladies, welcome to today's episode of the FFGI Scoop. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. I know. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to have you as well. Can you briefly introduce yourselves and describe the work that you do? Hi everybody, I'm Kayla Watkiss. I've been working with March of Dimes now for about two years and I am the lead instructor of the LIFE Mississauga program. So LIFE is just an acronym for Learning Independence for Future Empowerment and we enable young adults to gain their independence so that in future they can transition into independent living. So we work with young adults with physical disabilities, with learning disabilities and some cognitive disabilities. Thank you. And then Melanie, what about you? Go ahead. Hi everyone, I'm Melanie. Um, I'm an instructor with the LIFE Mississauga program. I've been there about a year now um, and I just work with Kalia and we assist adults with disabilities develop independence. Now evidently COVID-19 has challenged the way work has been operating in society today, especially down to community-based organizations like yours. So tell us, how has this global pandemic impacted the work that you're doing in providing these self-reliance needs to people with disabilities? Honestly, at the very beginning, so I would say when it all kind of took place in March, um, it really changed the way we ran. So it happened right in the middle of a session. And Melanie and I were actually supposed to go to Halifax to facilitate a camp for persons with cerebral palsy. And the day we were supposed to fly out, our, our supervisor called us and she was like, don't get on the plane because um, COVID was happening. And then the following Monday, the entire airport shut down. So our camp was canceled. Our programming was canceled. I think, Melanie, would you agree? It's about, it was about two to three weeks before we were even back up and running again virtually. Yeah, it was definitely a learning curve for us all. Um, and especially for our participants who are so used to seeing us face to face and getting our support with like hands on activities. It mm -hmm. was like a learning curve for us all. Yes, it was it was not the best time, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And so, so tell us, how's this being addressed? What approaches did your team um, have to navigate in combating these COVID-19 implications, particularly in this sector? Can you can you speak on that? Well, at first, it was more so a lot of call and check-in, right? So for persons with disabilities, of range in disabilities, whether it be autism, Asperger's, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, the one thing that's really key to them is a schedule and having that routine to help them learn things and keep things in practice. 
So for weeks and weeks and weeks, when all of that is ending, it really causes an anxiety in a lot of them. So Melanie and I, as well as the rest of our team, so that would be Danielle, Sydney, Lorraine, we had to do a lot of calling. <laughs> and when we say calling, we mean calling cross-provincially. So we're talking <laughs> with participants in Calgary, participants in Halifax, participants all over Ontario, trying to ensure that their mental health is at least a bit on par. We want to ensure that everybody is somewhat okay and they're able to adapt to the situations they're in. So if that means setting small goals, like cleaning your room on a regular basis, going outside for walks, finding things to do, connecting with friends, we were doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of all before we even had an online or virtual classroom base to work from. It was more so how do we help them acclimate so that when they're at home, they're not falling back into patterns that we've already pushed them out of. Yeah, exactly. And just going off of what Kalia said, like, other than these one on one check ins, we focused on like special events. So these would be like a day where we would all just get together. And, you know, just talk about what's going on, have fun, have a dance party, you know, something that would make them feel like they're part of a community and still together. Right? We know that people with disabilities face social isolation. And this pandemic really exasperated it for them. Primary goal was definitely to alleviate this in any way we can. And that came with the one-on-one -on -one check ins and these special events. And that later led to like doing a whole virtual program. So tell, tell us about these virtual programs. Um, were there new innovative strategies? What were the kind of programs that you had to implement once you finally migrated into this virtual workspace? Definitely. Um, we're what in our second, we're in our second semester of schooling. So online classes mm -hmm. for them. And then come October, we'll be in our third in terms of how it began, honestly, it kind of started with a dance party. Typically at the end of a live session, we have a talent show or a party just kind of to celebrate their growth and all they've accomplished. So it's the one free day where they do absolutely no learning, which of course everybody loves. <laughs> but um, so we made a dance party for them. Uh, we made flyers. Melanie made flyers for everyone and we emailed them mm -hmm. out to their parents, to their guardians, to themselves, their care workers. Um, I DJed the party. We kind of had a theme and we tried to hype it up as much as possible. Um, so using the internet was also kind of a struggle. Typically mm -hmm. we meet in person and when we're in person, any um, electronic or internet usage is kind of done by the instructor. It's not something that many of them do. So before we could even do that, we had to do one-to-ones with about 40 people altogether at the beginning. Um, and the one-to-ones as you can imagine, they take quite a bit of time. So for about two weeks, we're spending an hour with each person teaching them how to do Zoom on whatever device that they have, whether it be a phone, an iPad, a computer, and kind of getting them used to it so that when they have to do it on their own, they're capable. And the dance party was quite a hit. Uh, we had people outside of our program join. We mm -hmm. had other March of Dimes programs join. We had um, workers at March of Dimes. Their children were in there. It was quite large and it was a good time. It was a great way to kind of show how connected we could maintain, especially when we didn't feel connected at all. And a lot of our students were feeling like they were very alone during mm -hmm. this period. And, and that's even a, even a perfect segue. So like delving a bit personally, how um, were the students managing the adjustments and even both of yourselves personally managing the adjustments? Were there anything that the team was anxious about in navigating these alternative responses? and to providing these services for persons with disabilities? And has that even changed, if at all? Or is there still that daily anxiety and if we're doing it right? But please talk on this. 
oh, are we doing it right? Do we? <laughs> not, to, not to sound that judgmental, but yes. No, 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 no. I'm saying that that way because I think, so um, in our team, there's five of us. We're an all-woman team. So that's the best part, number one. Yes. Number two, um, we ask ourselves that question on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope we are doing it right. We hope yeah. so. Uh, the one challenge we have is that the LIFE program isn't unique to a specific disability. So not everybody in our group is autistic or not everyone has cerebral palsy. So trying to navigate the strategies and learning is a challenge. Some people mm-hmm. learn better the same way regular, anybody does, right? Some people learn better, better kinesthetically. Some people learn better verbally, visually, in writing and listening, so auditory. And now trying to mash those several different ways of learning with the added challenges of a disability can be quite difficult, especially mm-hmm. when uh, participants are used to one-on-one. So this is where I say it's kind of a blessing that the five of us work together. So let's say some participants work better visually. Um, Danielle will be manning the visual uh, PowerPoints and explaining things. While Melanie is in the chat, she's typing and she's trying to get things across to those of them who are able to fully read and cognitively understand what is being told. If it works better in terms of kinesthetic, you'll have Sydney putting her screen on to show them physically how it works. It takes quite a bit of time to teach them mm-hmm. things. And it can be something as simple as learning crossing instructions, right? So obviously you don't cross when the orange hand is shining and you cross when it's white. Now, if I say that to them, they may not get it until they see it and then watch a video of someone doing it and then have the opportunity to practice it themselves. So that has been the biggest challenge, making sure the content is engaging as Mm -hmm. well as full enough for them to really get the experience of learning it. And while it's challenging it is very satisfying when they (laughs) then relay back to you i've got it and then they're able to uh, regurgitate what they've learned and explain to you or send you a video saying i did it i made my own food today so yeah yeah it's it's challenging are we doing right melanie i don't know we don't know i hope so (laughs) we hope so Um, it sounds to me as though you are and you're talking about the gratification at the end of it when they do come and express that we've accomplished this challenge for ourselves even so i would say i would say that the message is it's along the right path 100 percent, and um supports by all means is encouraged and necessary for us to globally even navigate these challenges and delivering these impacts in our society so incredible work that you ladies are doing at march of the times now before we wrap up is there anything that both of you would like to talk about any initiatives that the team is working on or or just any encouragement final words you have for my listeners out there honestly currently right now we're working on changing the content of virtual programming. So we always Mm -hmm. want to continually make it engaging and something interesting for the participants to learn. Um, So for any participants or persons out there who are currently listening to Cuckoo's amazing podcast, if you'd like to reach out to one of us to present any opportunities that you think your organization and our organization can benefit from in collaboration, we'd be happy to do it. We've been collaborating with a lot of organizations recently in the summer. What did we do? Uh, we had a collaboration with Holland Bloorview, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so Holland Bloorview is an organization in Toronto that assists persons with disabilities between the age of, I believe it's five and 18. Mm-hmm. So it was great to work with them because it showed those persons what it would be like to transition into adulthood. So yeah, it, we're not particularly working on changing the world, but we are working on, <laughs> <laughs> we are working on bettering and perfecting our programming. So yeah. if there's anyone who'd like to collaborate or if you have a person with a disability um, who you think would benefit from our programming, you can always check 
the March of Dimes website for the LIFE program, whether it be Toronto or Mississauga, we're all one now. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of the FFGI Scoop. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning into the FFGI Scoop. I'm your host, Cuckoo Quagrin. Today, we've talked about the amazing work March of Dimes Canada is doing in providing support services to persons with disabilities in the greater Toronto area. For more information on how to reach out and be a part of our global community, visit our website at fastforwardglobal.org for more details. I also want to say a big thank you to University of Toronto Global for supporting the FFGI Scoop. As always, it's been a pleasure being with you today. But until next time, this has been the FFGI Scoop.